Well, thank you for that uh, very romantic invitation there. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me. Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be. Uh, I have a voice. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle. And this week, we are doing a new release review of The Edge of Seventeen. And just as a warning, there will be no uh, fangirl fixation this week. Uh, Britt's taking the week off, so uh, Mike is playing the part of my wife, uh, which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Uh, So, Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for that uh, very romantic invitation there. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're a a smooth operator, sir. <laughs> hey, I Mike. just tell you what you're gonna do. <laughs> Here's what you're doing this week. All right. <laughs> Best co-host ever. No one else. No one else except my wife would put up with this. So I figure, who better to play this part? All right. So, um, would you like to tell people about uh, any of your numerous podcasts before we get started on our review? Um, I host a show called Original Remake. Oh, look uh, at that! Is uh, is exactly like the uh, the premise there. Uh, there's an original film discussed and its remake, and uh, we have an upcoming episode that stretches that a little bit with uh, <laughs> Dwight from the Broken Brain podcast on Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious, which was loosely, loosely, and I stress loosely remade uh, by John Woo as Mission Impossible Two. So. <laughs> That's the uh, setup for that one, and also War Machine vs. War Horse, which uh, takes a, a new release and then looks at two older films uh, that share a theme, premise, actor, filmmaker, uh, but approach it differently. And I don't know what we've talked about on there uh, lately. I think we did Arrival, which is, if you, you heard uh, uh, last week on the show, I loved. It's one of my favorites <laughs> of the year. Favorites, yes. Uh, you that, couldn't wait uh, to talk about it twice. Yeah, yeah, we looked at uh, language um, barriers in Lost in Translation and in Glorious Bastards, so no more alien talk, unfortunately. But there are some on original remake. Uh, We did an episode on The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, and who could forget that classic? Yeah, I'm sure Keanu Reeves wishes that he could. Uh, So this week, as I mentioned, we're talking about Edge of Seventeen, and you were actually on our uh, our older release uh, this week uh, talking about True Grit, which had, of course, the same star, which was your idea after I shoved the edge of 17 down your throat. Uh, so I, as I'm watching this movie, uh, which I enjoyed, by the way, I had a good time with. I don't think it is a new classic. I don't think it is, uh, you know, the the new movie for high schoolers, the new Breakfast Club, the new 16 Candles, whatever you want to say. But again, I'm not exactly the audience. I'm not exactly on the edge of 17 like our main character here. But I kept thinking, like, Mike is going to fucking hate this especially like the kind of middle third of the movie i think they they tried to get a little too cute and went a little too quirky and went away from woody harrelson a little too much but maybe i'm wrong maybe this is your favorite movie of the year what did you think mike no i didn't think it was very good (laughs) (laughs) stunning Um, you mentioned uh well you alluded to the praise that this film's getting, and we've talked about it uh, multiple times on this podcast because I just had no idea what this was. Didn't know. And on Twitter, I just keep taunting you with it, which I'm yeah, sad why? to see that go now. That's 
Yeah, uh, you're sad to see it go. And, uh, you know, if you have any interest in uh, this film, dear listeners, I would watch it in the next three days because it will be gone because it tanked uh, gloriously. Which is weird because the audience I was with, it was packed. So I don't know if it was just like the time and day I went or it's big in the Bay Area. I don't know what. So when I saw that, I was pretty surprised by that. I think there were four people in my audience. (laughs) Not Um, big in Kentucky. There were two uh, teenage girls, I think, or uh, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13. So that I'm, I was trying to gauge based on their response, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, this is a film for them, not for me. Uh, it's for whatever fucking reason, it's for Dave and this goddamn podcast. <laughs> yes. Here I am looking like a creeper. Uh, and they laughed kind of, sort of. But you, you mentioned the uh, the middle third. This is like a a bunch of different films, like short films mm-hmm. uh, combined, because it does tonally shift quite often. Yes. And it goes into very, very much after school special melodrama with the family dynamic between this brother, sister and mother after the, uh, I guess, minor spoiler alert, the passing of their father, who's in a right. whopping what two scenes. Yep. And is probably <laughs> and he, your favorite character. <laughs> No, I didn't. You know, I didn't care for him much like I didn't care for the uh, dead kid in Arrival because I'm like, hey, dead man walking. That's dead dad. I didn't know anything about this movie. And I'm like, oh, he's going to die soon. He's uh, too happy. He's, yeah. He makes the family and better. Dead. Haley Steinfeld likes him, so she's yeah. going to have to have something to gripe about later on, even though her life's pretty fucking good. Like, I, I, that's that's the thing. Like, I, I guess that's the point is I'm I'm too far removed from my teenage years. Right. But I don't remember brooding that much, like this constant battle with anyone in my path. Like there's a there's a plot point where her she has one friend, right? Right. And that one friend starts to develop this relationship with her brother, and so they have a falling out. But I never really understand why she just has the one friend because this is this is Haley Steinfeld, who apparently has gone on to be a uh, failure of a pop star. Yep. <laughs> like and uh which is really unfortunate because we did True Grit and I was, at the time I saw True Grit I was like oh she's going to be a really interesting actress and instead she's just a I don't know Snapchatter or whatever they are now. <laughs> and then her friend and I'm looking at them and I'm like you know these are not they can't even make these convincing outcasts. Like I I don't right. know what the premise is here. Like you go back to something like Heather's and Winona Ryder just exudes so much charisma that even when she's with the in crowd, you understand like, Oh, she could kind of uh, dabble with different crowds. She could go with the, the, the art students. She could hang out with a sociopath boyfriend of hers. And it all seems to make sense. I don't really think any of these characters make any sense as far as what their little plights are. Um, I, I don't know. I don't get the dynamic between Woody Harrelson and her that everyone is going nuts about on Twitter, which also I want to point out all of those reviews that it's getting, <laughs> who the fuck, those are not the target audience. No, they're all, they're old. They are old as the Hills. They should not be ranting and raving. <laughs> old as the Hills. <laughs> should not be ranting and raving about a film about like a 15 year old. Right. And I think that's part of the problem. This feels like a teenage movie written by a fucking 45 year old. And it's it's fake. Like, it's fake in her interests. I hate the way she dresses. Uh, I wanted to watch Juno again. Which oh, wears, come on. Which, Nobody okay, wants which, to watch Juno again. You know what? <laughs> Juno is great, especially compared to this, because it actually just wears its sort of, like, middle-aged trappings on its sleeve. Like, these are characters playing at being adults. 
And then we have Jason Bateman come in as this glorious uh, attempted child molester. And the film's awesome. Where is that here? <laughs> Where is it, Dave? Where's the molestation? Is that what you're asking? Where's the romance of Woody Harrelson? <laughs> I am sorely disappointed. You no, know, I mean, there are, there are a lot of things you said I agree with, and there are a lot of things I disagree with. I, th- I think there is a certain veneer of falseness uh, to this movie. Um, but again, as I mentioned, I'm not the intended audience. And the audience I was with was practically all the intended audience, and they ate this up. They loved it. I don't know if it was like runoff from uh, Harry Potter, like that was sold out and they all came in here, uh, but they really enjoyed it. I think that was the it. box office plan of yeah, this film, that they right. failed at miserably. Right. Uh, but I really did like Woody Harrelson in this movie, and I knew I would going in just from seeing the trailer. And I actually, like, I, I texted someone after the movie, and I was like, here's my review. Needs more Woody. That's 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 my review of this movie. I thought Haley Seinfeld was good. I thought there oh, were... there were bad. No, she's not bad. There, there were there were she's moments. <laughs> there are moments when it's over the top, but she's a teenage girl. It that time is an over the top time. I mean, everything is dramatic in those moments. Um, Every time she drops an f bomb, she reminded me of like the terrible comedian at an open mic night who's like working through their new material. You mean like, like a oh. teenager who's bad at cursing? Yeah, that's never fucking happened. No, it's <laughs> like, more like a, a rich uh, child actor who's never had a real teenage experience. And it's like, this is what the kids <laughs> oh, say. Jesus Christ. And yeah, that's I, why I bring up Juno. Juno is just so heavily stylized. It doesn't even attempt to dabble in that world. It is a complete alternate reality where the kids sure. speak. The same as, you know, Jason Bateman or poor Jennifer Garner, any of them. They're all the same. J.K. Simmons and Ellen Page are the same character. That's what I like about that movie. They're all the same. <laughs> That's what you like. Okay. Uh, I think the thing I was most disappointed in, and not that she was bad, but that she wasn't kind of amazing, was uh, Kira Sedgwick playing playing her mom. Like, I was just kind of left pretty pretty dry by, by any time her character was on screen. I was just kind of waiting for her to leave. And I kept waiting in this movie for there to be some real confrontation between the mother and the daughter. And it just never happens. And the way the film wraps up is very after school special and is very tidy, Uh, maybe uh, more tidy than it should be, given that the plot surrounds a bunch of teenagers like these are. I think we run into this problem with teenage movies all the time where we make teenagers, if anything, more mature than they actually are in real life. Like with teenagers, things don't tend to just wrap up. After, you know, like, well, I learned my lesson and now I'm going to be good. And that's not (laughs) that's not really how it goes. So that definitely rung hollow for me, I think. But my favorite character is probably the character of Irwin, like her uh, her suitor in her class. I thought he was he was kind of wonderful, although I don't think the AV geeks uh, usually look like that. Like there's a scene in a pool where uh, and I was like, uh, <laughs> where were you hiding that? That's not that's not how this works at all. But I did like his portrayal. I thought he seemed very genuine. And I, I like that they kind of turned some stuff from older high school movies like Sixteen Candles kind of on its head with his character. He's OK, I guess. <laughs> High praise. I mean, he's, yes. He's well, okay. okay. He's I mean, he's not playing like a like a fully fleshed out character here, right? Like no. he's just he's he's romantic lead. He, right. He's cute. He's charming. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, we don't need more than that from his part. Exactly. Uh, I, I think the problem is this is not purely a romantic comedy, and maybe it should have been because I did like his presence. Yes. But instead, he is he's definitely held for the most part in check throughout the film until our 
her poor teenage lead here can come to her senses and like see the nice guy for what he is, which is a ridiculously handsome, buff, rich guy. <laughs> right. Perfect. He's perfect. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I think like and, throughout most of the movie, I was just like, Haley, what do you do? No, no, don't go after the guy from Juvie. Sure. Go after the rich, in shape, charming, in love with you guy. This is a no brainer. I mean, that's a, that's a trope of romantic comedies, right? But everything I had read about this film was that it presented a new take on the teenage years. And it was more grounded. And, oh, look, she drops an F-bomb. And look at the uh, way that the teacher and her have this relationship, which is unlike uh, the sort of you know mentor students or precocious things we've seen before. You know what it reminded me of? And this is going to be the second week. I'm going to bring it up Oh no, in a row. It reminded me of me and Earl and the Dying Girl. God, actually, shut up. To be fair, no. that was like the only element of that film that I That was liked. the one part you liked. That's true. Yeah. And I, I thought, okay, there are some similarities here because it's a, a teacher who doesn't exude <laughs> well wishes every time he's interrupted by these students and their, their little plights. So that uh, is funny. Yes. But yet again. Yeah, again. Just stop just, right there. That's funny. <laughs> That's all you need to know, Mike. It's yeah, funny. Again, it's like the film uh, does not know which direction it wants to be. And I'll tell you what, I didn't know this was a first-time filmmaker, but I think it shows. As I was watching it, I was like, this could be tightened up in all sorts of areas. Because there, oh, yeah. Are, yeah, there are gaps here where it's like they're looking for laughs or they're expecting laughs. And scenes just drag on and just hang for an extra beat or two that and I killed think, me. And I think especially in that second of the three acts, like there's the middle of the movie like does drag and there's, there's a particular scene, the scene, this is going to kill you. The, you know, the scene where I thought of you the most was uh, kind of at the end of the pool scene. Uh, our main character does something kind of shitty uh, to Irwin and he plays a particular song uh, to express his feelings towards her. Uh, as as they're swimming, and I was like, "Oh, Mike is Mike is gonna walk out <laughs> when this happens." Is that a real song? What is I, that? What were they doing? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I was <laughs> like, I that? literally on, was on looking the around the theater, like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> so I knew if I was getting to that point, you just must have been squirming in your seat. Yeah, just a, there's just a lot of quick fixes in this this film. Um, I guess some of the merits of it. Are that the character is not very likable, which maybe is seen as a brave cho- choice. She makes a lot of stupid decisions. And I, and I, that's something I actually said to my wife as I left the theater. One of the problems I had with the movie was I had, especially in the beginning, I had a really difficult time connecting with this character. And not just because she's a teenage girl and I'm not, you know, no matter what true bromance would tell you. Um, but the fact that she isn't, uh, she isn't likable and she does some things that you're like, I just end up feeling bad for her friend. Like, I ended up taking her, like, why are you throwing your fucking shoe at the wall? Like, get it together. Can we have this conversation at home instead of in public? What are you doing? So I think, I mean, I think that is a gutsy move, but I'm not totally sure it works. Also, uh, poor Blake Jenner here is the older brother. I was going to ask what uh, you thought of Blake Jenner, star of your well, favorite movie of the year. He's got the most thankless part because um, pretty much the entire film can be solved in a three-minute conversation. If he just asks, hey, what's your problem? Here's what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah. Because there's there's no arc with them, really. That's just repeated nonsense between the two of them, like scowling, hating each other, thinking they're in the right. But neither one of them ever fucking says anything of no. And it's not entertaining. Like, I'm just like, oh, just get on with it. Just uh, <laughs> You know what? I would rather you all just hate each other until you die 
or just fix it right now because there's there's not even anything funny there in those little in those exchanges. And so I'm left wondering, you know, this doesn't work dramatically for me because I, I feel like it's false. I feel like this is not how uh, siblings would act. I, it would either be much more heated, which is going to make the audience even more uncomfortable, right? Or it it just wouldn't happen that way, or it would be resolved. So it's this weird middle ground where the film doesn't want to make those sort of tough choices to make you really, really feel sort of the awkwardness of those adolescent years, and it just dabbles in it. And I feel like that's the problem with all of them. It dabbles in a lot of different genres. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things I want to bring up, but they're spoilers. So we'll go to spoilers here. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Um, what you mentioned, uh, I, I agree with this idea that they're not sure which direction they want to go. I feel like they wanted to be mean in this movie, but just couldn't quite pull the trigger. There's a particular scene where, you know, he, she says, you know, uh, you've taken away my friends or whatever it is. And he said, don't you mean your friend, which is a pretty biting, horrible thing to say. Um, but it's like the only moment of that. And you just feel like under the surface, there's so much more of that waiting to come out. And I felt like they didn't. They didn't want to alien alienate the audience further. And I feel like I feel like you're right. They should have probably made that choice or, you know, went went for the humor in those circumstances. It seemed like the the humor they went for was kind of, you know, dialing up the quirkiness, focusing on Haley Steinfeld's character instead of the relationships that she has or doesn't have. Yeah, like the the, the greatest thing, and I guess the worst thing about teenage years is there are just some horrific memories i think for most people mm. of the high school years and just horrible things that are said among friends oh yeah but there's also <laughs> this this weird wolverine like ability to completely move on from it and yep. the next week that little you know tragedy which is very big at that point in your life has completely dissolved and you're on to something else there's that sort of distracted quality to those years where everything is so important and yet so disposable mm-hmm. and yet with this film, I get a lot of it being disposable, but they keep circling back to the right. same buildup of fights. You know, you mentioned the relationship. Is she ever going to get her act together and go out with the <laughs> gorgeous rich guy who uh, has, you know, a very, very attractive pool, very scene setting. I yeah, don't know. He it's, does. Like, it's like he had a whole production crew setting yeah. that up. <laughs> I, you don't even I have just, to. I mean, at that point, I don't even care how good looking he is or how rich he is. You, you got that going for you. You're going to you're going to do all right. If I'm that dude, I just stop speaking. I just sit, yeah. You know, hit, Don't hit, screw hit. it up, Mike. Just shut <laughs> up. It's gonna happen. Get out my pool noodle and just float around. Just wait, see what happens. Is that what you're calling it nowadays? Your pool noodle. That's an interesting choice. I am now. <laughs> and I guess I was then. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I, did, I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy, it and I I was disappointed because I I you know I really rebelled against this film. You even scheduling it. You did. Yes. I, I think the reviews reek of desperation. Like, and I went back and read some of them. Now I saw some on Twitter where it was like you know, it was like you know don't walk but run to this. This oh, is like geez. you know teenage film of the decade. Like for a new generation. And I'm just like, please, you know, if, if this, you know, if you had not built it up, maybe it would play better. Maybe this is just like your typical kind of festival film right. where it's just like that was enjoyable. But right. see, and that, that, that was my reaction it. to it was like, well, you're, that, you're just, that was uh, fun. 
Like I didn't. You're easy now. Listen to you. Right. You're so yeah. You, I like a rival. Back. Nobody likes that. No, <laughs> of course not. No, but I, I found it enjoyable. I just didn't find it like it's not. It's. I don't think in ten years people are going to be like, hey, you know, younger generation, you should watch this. Like I do to all my poor younger friends with the Breakfast Club. Like this. Two is, weeks. This is the no one. one will remember it in two weeks. <laughs> You think that about every movie that comes out. Haley will be on to her next Snapchat story. Be totally (laughs) done with this. And you know what? It'll have a better narrative structure than this film. See, as far as (laughs) as far as the reviews, I'm not I'm not sure about the desperation part, but it, it does reek to me of like this might be big and I better say something now before anyone's seen it in case I'm right. Uh, because you know, if it's a bad movie, if it's, if it's a fucking thing, (laughs) if it's a bad movie, right? Like no one's going to remember that you said you liked it, but if it's a great movie, like how often do people go back and look at like Roger Ebert's old reviews? Like here's one Ebert got wrong. Like it's this great movie that he hated, you know? So people will, will end up remembering that if you kind of miss the boat, like sometimes I'll watch, like just last night I watched no country for old men. And then I went back into rotten tomatoes and just to entertain myself, looked at all the negative reviews, the few that there there were, and I was like, well, that guy's an idiot. Clearly, I don't need to listen to anything he has to say. So maybe they're just trying to kind of jump on the bandwagon early. And I just think this is a fine, cute, serviceable movie. Uh, I, but I just found the most interesting characters are the ones that we didn't get as much time with, like like uh, the character of Irwin and then Woody Harrelson's character were the most interesting to me. And maybe that's my gender bias speaking. I don't know. Uh but there were things they did that I'm glad they went the direction they did. I was afraid they were going to have a scene where the brother comes and saves his sister, you know, like because there's a scene where she's essentially almost raped or sexually assaulted and has to get herself out of the situation. And at that moment, her brother is out looking for her. And I was like, please don't have this fucking white knight in shining armor nonsense. And I'm glad they didn't go that route. But I feel like the brother's plot line could have been really interesting and actually kind of moving, but it feels like they didn't put enough work into it to make it happen. There's this big switch at the end and then a big switch for her in reaction to it. You know, maybe we've just had enough of upper white middle-class problems from these, these, Mm. you know, these years. And I think that's it. We've just, (laughs) that particular segment of the population, we got no more stories. They've all been told. They're done. Go watch the other ones. They're fine. Uh, except for like the super racist Asian characters in some of those movies, <laughs> which that did make me happy. Like at first when this showed up and they had this this guy suiting her who happened to be Asian, but then he was like kind of bubbling, bubbling about it. And she didn't take him seriously as far as, you know, uh, as someone sexual. She was like, oh, I just want to put him in my pocket and carry him around. I was like, oh, God, are we going down this route again? So I thought I thought it was great that they kind of switched that throughout the film and kind of turn that on its head. I, I like that, but I definitely was worried in the first like 20 to 30 minutes of this movie. Like, Oh, where are we going with this? Uh, hopefully we've come farther than, uh, than John Hughes did with his agent character. Yeah. I think the only issue I had with that is, uh, that it's so rare that there, it almost takes me out of the movie. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I agree. They're going to have yep. an Asian guy be the handsome, you know, romantic lead for once. You know, this would be cool right. if it, if it wasn't so rare that I have to actually point that out. That you think head. about it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the only that was really the only negative to that entire thing. And to your point, his story is probably just a better story to tell. <laughs> just like I, I found myself thinking that, guy. like, let's 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 talk to the cartoonist. Like, he seems like he's a good a good guy. Want to hang out with him? He doesn't throw his shoes at the wall in fast food restaurants. Like, 
seems like a good dude, but. You know, we'll follow. But yeah, follow the friend Haley's did have head. a good line in that fast food where she's just. Uh, like, I knew you were what gonna are you doing? Because I'm just. Like, I was thinking the same thing. I was. I was. You know what? I had. I was. Uh, I was already standing up in my chair. Like I can't take this. <laughs> I can't take any more of this nonsense. <laughs> Maybe there's a the last half hour of Doctor Strange I can catch. <laughs> That's like I can you know, see my the, fist. I'd <laughs> rather go see a Marvel movie. I can see the post credit sequence, and that's really all I need to see. That's all anybody's gonna talk about. But yeah, I thought it was. Uh, Mostly forgettable. Um. <laughs> so this is two weeks in a row. Now, Mike and I disagree. We disagree a little less violently this time. Last time it was, I love it and you hate it. This time is, I like it and you were bored. So we're getting closer. So mm. hopefully next week with Allied. Allied is next week. So That could go either way. <laughs> it really, it's, you know, it really could. Uh, so we'll see. Um, so I guess in closing to this uh, this review, Mike says, skip it. And I say, like, yeah, you can spend time with it. It's fun. Watch um, Heathers instead. Heathers, he- Heathers is pretty fucking great. I mean, I won't I won't argue that this is better than Heathers. That that will never happen. Uh, so we're not going to take a break as usual to do uh, fangirl fixation. We're going to have Mike uh, step in. <laughs> so Mike, who is knowledgeable about every movie that comes out. So uh, so let's see. We have four movies coming out uh, next week. Uh, so the first of which uh, is kind of tied into to your show a little bit uh, is Bad Santa 2, which I remember uh, vividly Hyro from True Romance being on your show and despising the original Bad Santa. So are you excited to see a sequel to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was entertained by this trailer. I mean, I, I, I think meanness I is funny. So I'll just be honest, I'm doing a bad job here because I don't <laughs> but I tell you what, having been to I think three movies uh this past weekend, didn't get Bad Santa trailer once, which is right on top of us, and I just haven't. Mm. So I've n- I've not been seeking that out on uh my computer, didn't pull it up on my iPhone day one. <laughs> no. Aside, don't you love uh, I get followed by a lot of Twitter accounts, I'm sure you do too, where uh you have these presumably real people who just tweet out every new trailer oh like a my link god to the mute out. <laughs> i'm sure there were people that did that for bad santa too but no i was a big fan of the original but it you know i never thought hey that's it's been a while was it been <laughs> is that 13 or 14 years or something, something like that yeah I yeah mean, I, this is uh probably gonna be another failure and good we need more sequels to fail uh, from studio, so they will stop um, rebooting. I guess these IPs, if you can call Bad Santa an IP, <laughs> oh, the Internet property. Yes, ooh, Bad Santa. Um, but uh, I think the only thing that really interests me about this uh, is one. I guess there's two things. One is meanness is always entertaining to me on screen, and two is that we have Kathy Bates uh, playing his mom, which I look forward to because I like Kathy Bates. I think she's she's good in this type of movie. She could really play it up. Uh, I don't think it'll be phenomenal, but I think it, it looks like a movie that will be at least entertaining. Uh, but I wonder what the audience, like you mentioned, like how is this going to do well? What's the audience for Bad Santa 2? Like are, is there, are there like Bad Santa super fans out there that were just clamoring for the sequel? Or are we I just I'm devoid? <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them because I've seen the damn thing multiple times. It puts me in a good mood. Uh, yeah. I love Billy Bob. As you said, he's being mean to a child, which is just right? like I can't get enough of. Uh, and so I have probably thrown it on at least every couple of years around Christmas time, but no, I don't want a sequel. So I, I would be as close as that as possible. I mean, I don't have like a bad Santa, like geo cities page or something still operating. <laughs> Not still <laughs> took that down years ago. That's... 
Uh, Did they? <laughs> Just trying to go back to when Bad Santa was popular. Yeah, what was that's, going that's on pretty there? good. GeoCities, not bad. All right. Uh, so the second movie coming out is Rules Don't Apply, uh, which is the. I have seen this. Which, well, how could you fucking miss this trailer? I've seen this way too many times. Which is the uh, Warren Beatty directed and written uh, movie. He also stars in it as uh, as Howard Hughes. Uh, but also stars uh, Lily Collins, uh, Haley Bennett, and uh, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, who, of course, got very popular after uh, Hail Caesar. Even people who didn't love Hail Caesar like you uh, were just talking nonstop about his portrayal in Hail Caesar. So what do you think about this movie? Because ex- I am not excited about this at all. Like, this looks dull and drab to me. I am not interested at all. They've made a Howard Hughes movie, and I'm done. I, I don't need Rules Don't Apply. You're too old, Warren Beatty. You're just too fucking old. Like yeah. it just it's and creepy. this feels it. It, yeah. it feels like this should be uh, the movie of the week on CBS on Saturday yeah, night. It does. I think yeah. it'll be the same crowd. Uh, if I were any of these younger actors, I would not be hitching my wagons to the. <laughs> Don't do any interviews. Don't just like <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Oh no. I mean, I never saw. Um, was it like Love Affair that he did like in the like '94 with uh, Nat Benning with his wife? Mm-hmm. That was one of those movies when I was a kid where I was like, hey, that's for old people, like really old people. Really like, old. And yet <laughs> here we are still. And this movie also features Annette Benning, uh, Candace Bergen, and uh, um, who else? There's some other uh, – it's Paul Sorvino. Like people you haven't seen in movies in years. Martin Sheen also in this movie. Like this is uh, this is for the CBS crowd. So maybe just like Edge of Seventeen wasn't for us, maybe we're stuck in the middle between Edge of Seventeen – uh, and rules don't apply. We're somewhere I'm shocked in between that. that. You tell me that. Hey, next week, Mike, we're covering rules don't apply. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I got don't. someone else to come on and talk Aviator, which is awesome. But you're going to talk rules don't apply because <laughs> it sucks, like everything else that came out this year. <laughs> All right. Uh, so going down the list of more movies, Mike will probably hate. Moana comes out uh, next week. The new, <laughs> the new Disney <laughs> film, uh, starring, of course, uh, The Rock. Uh, as as one of the voices, but music also done by Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, who famously, of course, is the uh, writer and star of Hamilton. So Disney is kind of hitching its wagons to uh, the Hamilton train. So have you seen a trailer for this, Mike? I don't know if I've seen a trailer um, because we've seen some I'm excellent getting... gifts, excellent <laughs> gifts, Mike. <laughs> I'm well. I'm getting this at as the very first thing that comes up at every movie, and it's the one where they, as you said, they hitch their wagons to Hamilton, where they talk to the. I guess the directors behind it, and I they talk that. about. That's all I'm getting now. I don't, so I don't get an actual trailer. Uh, not that I want it. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm so glad that you know because on War Machine versus War Horse, we used to just cover the biggest release that week. We'd be like, yeah. all right, what's going to make the most money? What's what are people going to be talking about? And this probably would have been it. I'm yeah, guessing. This is proof that uh, I love you, Mike. I skipped out on Moana. I could have watched any <laughs> Disney movie and tied it in, but. Well, I guess. I don't know if I'd go that far because here we are with <laughs> rules don't apply coming up next no, week. No, <laughs> that's not what's happening. Um, I don't know. Because I don't hate this myself. One, this one is clearly not for me. I mean, it, from what I saw, it looks it looks cool, I guess, really modern <laughs> animation. I don't, you know. This is like a five-star review for Mike, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty cool. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I just mean that as far as how it looks. Like if I'm at a Best Buy – and I'm working there, I would demo this movie. This, you know, it's bright, it's colorful. So yeah. if you want to sell some TVs, 
this is the one. I don't know what this thing's fucking called. Uh, the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Hamilton, the Disney version. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> is it called Aloha? What is this called? Moana. Moana. The yeah. main character's sell, name, I'm sure. Sell some 4K sets, Moana. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that this is not a movie you are uh, chomping at the bit to see. I mean, I'll see it because I see every Disney movie. It looks it looks cute. Uh, Brit will, I'm sure, love it. Uh, and I really like the music of Lin-Manuel Miranda, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. But the movie we are featuring, finally, is Allied, uh, which, of course, stars uh, Brad Pitt, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, also starring Marion Cotillard, um, so... Great, great tandem, obviously. It looks like it has some, also some really good uh, character actors in there, uh, including, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was on uh, Mad Men. He was the uh, the executive who came over from the, uh, the British side in Mad Men. He's also in this as well. Um, so looking forward to that. And it's done by the writer of Eastern Promises and Locke and, unfortunately, Pawn Sacrifice. So uh, what do you think about Allied? Are you excited for this? No, because it's a Zemeckis movie, I think. You know, um, I, I feel the same way. I think if you put, like, even an unknown director here, I would be much more excited. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he makes very high-budget sort of spectacles, I guess. But he, uh, and I've talked about this uh, on, God, whoever knows what fucking podcast I talked about this. I can't keep straight if I've, like, said this to a real person, if I just think these things in my head, if a microphone is attached to me. But I have complained <laughs> about Zemeckis. Uh, being far too obsessed with the visual looks oh, yeah. of them and the nuts and bolts and the gadgets and some sort of technological breakthrough. That's why we and get the fucking Polar Express, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> and he often kind of, for me, sort of loses, you know, an actual story. Uh, Brad Pitt, um, you know, he, he picks at least interesting projects. They don't always right. work, but for a huge colossal movie star, you know, he's not doing Doctor Strange or something, so... Uh, yeah, I'll always check out his work, but this does have that, I don't know, just based on the trailer, I'm like, you know, this could bore me. (laughs) This could, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. By the way, the actor I was trying to remember, his name is Jared Harris. Um, recently in certain women, which was really good. You should check that out. Nah, I guess I listened to your episode. Isn't that enough? (laughs) I I did my part. (laughs) Those poor actresses. I would hope not. I would hope (laughs) Hey, it's the first movie of uh, that director's to make a million dollars, so she's doing okay. <laughs> Which a million dollars, what is that, like 20 bucks in real money? That's, that's nothing. But you being so condescending. <laughs> you get on me for picking on a rival, which you know, everyone gave a big you know, sloppy kiss to, and you're picking on certain women. Oh, would it make 20 bucks? Good for you. Best yeah, you've ever done. So, you know, I went for the prom queen, and you went for the, you know, the lonely person in the corner. That's fine. Kristen Stewart mumbling to herself. Yes, (laughs) that seems about right. Yeah. So it sounds like based on your reaction, although your tepidly positive reaction to Allied, it seems like I picked the right movie out of the four uh, for you to have to go see. (laughs) You know what? I don't know about that. (laughs) Should I have gone with Moana? It's that. It'll probably shorter. Probably I probably would have walked out. I would have watched about the first, you know, twenty minutes. Been like, all right, I'm good. I can talk about this. I know what happens. <laughs> See, that's my whole goal is same... to like bring you to a movie to make you watch the whole thing. Edge of Seventeen could have done that as well. Could I, I could have went there with you. Could have riffed on the third act twists, which there were none. Would have read exactly <laughs> how that brother sister relationship plays out. Would have been fine. 
<laughs> All right. So, uh, so that's it for our show. Uh, next week, of course, we will be talking about Allied. But before that, uh, our next episode, we'll be talking about Casablanca. We'll be bringing in a brand new guest, uh, someone you actually know, Mike, uh, E. Ivan Infante, who was on your Hail Caesar episode. I figured this guy knows way too much about classic film. I think this is the perfect time to bring him in. So, uh, so thanks also, for having him on your show. Yeah, he he wrote um, two really cool crime novels. False Ransom, right? Of. Which I just yes. bought. I'm looking forward yeah. to reading. Yeah, so uh, Fixed Fight, which is the follow up. So I'm looking forward to the the third in that that series. But he was, um, you know, not that this probably matters to your listeners, uh, but just a little trivia. He was the first account I followed on War Machine Horse because I'd followed nice. him for years on this old movie blog. He was a commentator on that. And uh, that's now long gone. Yep. <laughs> so Twitter is all that remains. Yeah, but yeah, he's a really cool guy, very knowledgeable, and uh, he's he's a good follow on Twitter just for like his now yes. watching. Uh, you yes. get a lot of really really like old films I'd never heard of. Like it's you know, um, you know that Casablanca thing. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure he'll inform <laughs> me about it. Yeah, he'll let you know. Uh, so speaking of Twitter, why don't you let people know how to contact you online to uh, get some more uh, East Coast cynicism? Yeah. 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 Over here in Kentucky, representing the East Coast. That's right. Liberal elite. Lexington is basically the East Coast. It's just Lexington, Kentucky hates arrival, hates arrival. Um, You can follow me at War Machine Horse. I mentioned my other show, Original Remake. That's at Original Remake. But I don't even know if I check that account. So my poor co-host, Peter, will be the one you'll be attacking. So send him all of your arrival love and he'll have no idea what you're talking about. But he'll say, thanks for listening. (laughs) Question me later. What are they talking about? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, So that's it for this episode. Um, So until next time, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you watch. really negative episode (laughs) thanks to you (laughs) nope don't like that don't like that i'll see it i'll be bored by it Uh... yeah it was fun kind of sort of it's more fun to do these than it is to watch the fucking movie that you had me watch (laughs) i'm just gonna take that as a compliment i'm just gonna soak that up be like that just means i'm awesome got nothing to do with movies being terrible. Dave is good. That's what I'm thinking.